Hi and welcome back to the Transmarketing Podcast. My name is Prashant Malkani and the topic for today's episode is Corporate Communications. Copcom, either internal or external, has always found a difficult space in marketing team structures. Some believe that it should be a part of marketing teams, while others believe it shouldn't. To discuss this and a whole lot more, for this episode, I have a guest who I have known for a few years now and we've previously worked together as well. Shalini Bhattacharya heads Copcom at Mahindra Life Spaces and has over 13 years of experience in this field. I have always managed to learn a little more about this subject through our several conversations as she has a fresh view and interesting insights to share on this topic. So without further ado, let's dive right in. Hi Shalini and welcome to the Transfer Marketing Podcast. Looking forward to our conversation. Hi, Prashant. Thank you so much for having me on Transfer Marketing. I'm really looking forward just as much as you. So great. You know, I know we've discussed this in the past and I tend to keep discussing this with people who manage comms for companies. Uh, And the Mm -hmm. discussion always revolves around, you know, should PR and internal comms, uh, you know, individuals and teams be part of the marketing Mm -hmm. division or should they be standalone Mm -hmm. functions? So what is your Mm -hmm. view on it now? And has it changed, you know, from the last time we discussed this? Um, So, you know, um, the question that I get a lot, in fact, the question that comms professionals get a lot is, um, what really does uh, corporate communications do? And I think the answer to your uh, question sort of lies in that to begin with. So um, I think corporate communications, public relations, public affairs, call it what you will, is, is based on the basic premise that yeah. people are uncomfortable with the unknown. So, hmm. you know, in other words, you could say that familiarity breeds favorability. And hmm. um, let's not confuse uh, familiarity with customer satisfaction. So familiarity in this case is actually a sort of filtering or, um, uh, you know, the summation of ideas, feelings, and experiences of all stakeholders who come into contact with a corporation Hmm. Um, and it spans products, people, policies, etc. So so while marketing or marketing communications ensures that, you know, a product or a service Hmm. or products and services will prosper, corporate communication helps to create, maintain and enhance a conducive climate for the businesses to thrive in. And it does this by addressing the needs of all stakeholder categories. So you have internal and external audiences for, uh, for information, for recognition, and for involvement. Yeah. And, and it's, the, it's the mission of corporate communications to bring the concerns of the world, uh, you know, the world that's out there, that's opinion forming of your brand, of your product, of your leadership, et cetera, into yeah. the organization. And then, um, you know, sort of of, uh, taking your business values, uh, your social values, your mission, your vision out into the world. So it's Mm. really larger storytelling. So um, to cut a long story short, (laughs) your original question was about corporate communications and marketing. Yeah. Um, The fact is that the two are often intertwined and it's, it's, uh, it's hard to really turn around and say, okay, PR is, you know, a subset of marketing, but that is the way it works. In a lot of organizations, though, corporate communications does not 
fall within the ambit of marketing. True. Yeah. Uh, especially in larger organizations which have, you know, a, a global presence. Okay, great. So moving from that and into something, you know, which we have been noticing a changing trend in recently is the shifting of media from physical to digital and also the shift mm-hmm. in, in the influencer landscape. So from, you know, journalists right. to social media influencers now. The shift right. has definitely decreased the authenticity of news. But, you mm-hmm. know, since you you are part of the ecosystem, what would your views be? Um. That is a question that we are actually faced with day in and day out because the shifts that you are referring to are, are, you know, almost happening on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, you know, if not weekly, monthly, whatever. And everything mm-hmm. has a pre-COVID and a, a post-COVID um, connotation to it now, the way things currently stand. I'm going to use the word or rather the term new normal. I think it's probably the most hated term right now because if it's new, you know, it's not normal. And so what really does it mean, new normal? From a media and influencer landscape, it's very simple, actually. I I think humanity, for a start, and everybody understands this, humanity has been brought to its knees by uh, a microscopic entity. And we've read stories in the media about how it has, you know, uh, the pandemic has actually deepened um, existing gaps between the haves and the have-nots of society. Right. But the interesting thing is that it's also resulted in wider and, uh, you know, deeper collaboration like uh, never before. Hmm. And this is across stakeholders. This is businesses. This is the media. This is obviously the government and the policymakers, but it's also um, you know, the average citizen who has really found a voice on social media uh, like never before. Yeah. So some of the broad shifts that I've experienced personally as a corporate uh, professional hmm. is the realization is that corporate conduct is under scrutiny day in and day out. You know, there's a Uh, there's a heightened risk to reputation. So for example, uh, are your stories about how you're taking care of, you know, uh, if if you're a manufacturing organization, for example, your workers, um, what have you done for your employees? Uh, What have you done for your suppliers and partners? What do you, and, and then, you know, obviously the customer piece exists. How are you tweaking your products and services uh, to make your customers' lives easier, but it really is storytelling in this larger um, and wider uh, audience, you know, mm. to this wider audience set. So, um, so that's been a trend. Um, yeah. We've seen this across companies and industries. From a media development perspective, it's a no-brainer. There's been a sharp dip in advertising revenues. Um, We've seen divisions and editions of uh, media, primarily print, uh, Mm. being discontinued. We've had layoffs announced. We've seen pay cuts. Uh, Print editions have been suspended. Maybe the worst hit uh, probably has been regional media um, Mm. because they depend that uh, that much more on advertising revenue. Right. And we've also seen a lot of journalists taking to activism about their own fraternity, really. And 
This is all very new. It's intensified and accelerated uh, since March this year. Yeah. And it's also meant that as Corpcom professionals, you know, you could be on the agency side, you could be uh, on the corp- on the corporate side of things, but you still have to be that much more sensitive, you know, when you're reaching out to a journalist to pitch a story. Um, very important to not only be uh, painting a negative picture and a bleak picture. Yeah. Um, it's something that um, a lot of comms professionals have been, you know, it, we've been treading carefully. We want to sound positive, but we don't want to um, be blindly optimistic, yeah. obviously. But the tonality, therefore, has really shifted to uh, cautious optimism. Hmm. Um, and and companies are communicating what they feel uh, they can do uh, hmm. to really improve the lives of stakeholders um, and to keep business going. So there's been a lot of communication around cash res- uh, resilience, again around uh, sustainability. That's that's another very important factor. You know, sustainability True, yeah. is a good to have. It's it's still in many ways a good to have. But the larger ecosystem has really woken up to the fact hmm. that the the destruction of natural resources or um, the impact that we're creating on the environment, knowingly hmm. or unknowingly, is going to make things worse for the planet and therefore for future generations. Yeah, um, and I think I completely agree to that. And, you know, you did mention about sustainability. And I read this somewhere. The fact that it's not a good to have anymore. It's in fact a must have because probably right. at the end of this pandemic, the public is going to be looking for heroes and villains. And in a, in, it's right. going to happen sooner than expected where companies who haven't mm-hmm. done enough for the society in terms of sustainable approaches and the 17 sustainability principle goals and things like that they would somehow end up being the the villain for the society and for the general public uh so completely completely agree on on that sustainability point and um i don't know uh i i guess we should also uh touch upon you know a broad media trend um the first is again a big no-brainer everyone's spending so much more time online And, you know, um, another interesting trend uh, that I've seen is that a lot of journalists are sort of taking to, uh, you know, to becoming uh, publishers on their own. Uh, Mm. So, for example, take take the likes of uh, Substack, for example. Um, A lot of journalists are trying to build their own subscriber base, um, are therefore becoming one man or one woman armies uh, Mm. as far as uh, journalism is concerned. A lot of them have actually set up their own outfits, uh, not necessarily because they've been laid off or, you know, lost jobs or whatever, but also because they're sensing a shift and a growing acceptance among um, among audiences to consume news and information online and in, and in different and new formats. But yeah, social media is mission critical. Print is going to take some time to recover. Um, One, of course, is, you know, the touch factor um, with editions being uh, shut or suspended in the early days of the lockdown. There's still, um, I think, some amount of hesitation on um, re-allowing newspapers into into homes. But and also the pricing isn't helping. But yes, there there is a 
uh, a decided and very um, clearly defined shift towards um, online as a medium as far as news, storytelling, PR is concerned. Yeah. So uh, earlier, I know in a way, you know, we discussed the negative impact of digital, you know, with the fake news spreading mm-hmm. and uh, how yeah. probably physical newspapers are, are going out of business thanks to digital. But I'm sure that there mm-hmm. is a positive impact as well. So one of the places mm-hmm. that I see the maximum positive impact coming is on the tracking and measurement side. Uh, so how right. is the impact measured to determine the success of an activity using technology in the corporate communication space, either internal or external? So many, many years back, maybe 30, 40, 50 years back, PR professionals started using what is called uh, advertising uh, value equivalent. But really that concept um, is quote unquote dead. Uh, you cannot... Um, you know, measure the return on investment on space uh, by replacing an ad with a new story. The fact is uh, that PR is different from above the line uh, simply because it perhaps commands a little bit more credibility. Yeah. Um, you know, readers tend to read news and, and they trust a news source or a news article about an organization or an individual more than they, uh, than they would an ad. So 2010, I think, um, if I remember correctly, um, mm. saw a team of PR experts meeting in uh, Barcelona to discuss PR measurement yeah. um, and the need to really dissolve this concept of, you know, ad value equivalent. Hmm. And um, the Barcelona principle, as it was called, uh, I think the first principle uh, was about goal setting and measurement being fundamental in communication and public relations. I th- it's, it's really common sense. Um, you've got to measure what your uh, business does, right? So output is something that you've got to measure. How you do it is another story and we'll get there. But yeah. you've got to measure, for example, how many posts you put out a week how many events you attend, you know, what are the conferences you've um, been at or what are the online conferences now in the new normal that you're setting up, um, yeah. press releases, etc. But the outcomes really are all about measuring what your target audience is doing as a, as a result of being uh, exposed to your communications efforts. So, so mm-hmm. yes, so there's output and there's outcome. And yeah. traditional versus digital PR um, is really a combination of methods to measure both, right? Yeah. So in the past, for example, reputation might have been judged on the volume um, uh, of keywords and communication uh, or the sentiment behind keywords, you know, what mm. is the overall sentiment of a story? Yeah. But... Uh, Right now, I think the way we are, the way things are right now, most companies employ both traditional and digital PR and, and, and they cover yeah, all their yeah. bases, right? Yeah. So traditional PR still has a place in the digital world. Um, it would include, for example, events, trade shows, speeches, sponsorships, press releases mm. um, across newspapers, television, radio, and online. Yeah. It's a little harder, honestly, uh, to be precise when you're measuring traditional PR. I mean, how would you know accurately how many people have read a magazine feature? That, that would be an estimate. 
so mm-hmm. so traditional pr judges success based on how a brand is you know sort of portrayed in print positively yeah. or negatively um did your message come across clearly um you know or how many times was your key message actually mentioned and then we have um the digital side of things of which you are the expert prashant so i'm i'm not going <laughs> to i'm not going to tell you what you do yeah, uh, know the sure. best already pr content marketing social media digital seo I, they, they're more intertwined than they ever used to be before okay so one final question uh, before mm-hmm. uh, we close this episode and continuing mm-hmm. from what we just spoke about do you think mm-hmm. external communication demands different formats now uh, rather than having you know the long form articles since consumption patterns also have changed and what tonality are brands focusing on right now with you know the changes the world is going through so for a start yes external communications um is definitely changing but uh, prefer to not um agree with the point of view that long form content is you know is dying an early death or anything of that sort because it isn't yeah um for the simple reason that i think intelligent audiences and intelligent stakeholders uh do understand the difference between a well researched long form article Hmm. and you know um a quick piece of news that doesn't really uh that they really don't learn anything from so it has its own place but yes um there is a ca- and 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 it completely depends on the kind of audience you're trying to talk to for example so um if you're if you're a a, a young youngish uh, brand that is talking to let's say um a 22 uh 30 demographic then obviously yeah. you'll want to um you're basically catering to a much shorter attention span and so use True. more yeah. visuals even in pr uh when you're talking to your journalist give that journalist short videos um give them infographics that they can quickly use in their stories yeah. um and and yeah so in that sense each type of content has its place uh what type of content you're going to use in storytelling completely depends on your announcement and your target audience um mm. but you know just just on that point um focus on the story and not the format the mm. story um will will eventually lead you to the format as will the target audience and and remember both digital and mm. uh, traditional pr professionals are storytellers before they are anything else It's yeah. our job to tell brand stories in the most exciting and you know relevant ways and topical ways. Yeah. And journalists and media consumers are basically just looking for interesting stories and content. Really the format is secondary. Yeah, yeah. Uh okay, great. Thank you so much Shalini for coming on board. As usual, this has been extremely insightful. Uh and I'm sure that uh the listeners will also go back learning a little more about corporate communications thank you so much prashant it was a pleasure speaking with you great so for the rest of us hope this episode was useful for you and if you would like to know more about this topic you can reach out to shalini on linkedin and in case if you have any doubts feedback or just want to spark a conversation you can catch me on linkedin instagram or twitter this is me signing out for this episode and looking forward to seeing you on the next one Subscribe to the podcast for regular updates and one last thing don't forget to stay curious